0: Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Rivers torched the Jazz in the fourth in New York. He's torching them now. He rises. He fires. He hits again. This is ridiculous. Austin Rivers is 10 for 10, 5 for 5 from 3. He has 25 points, and the Jazz are down 14 and cannot build a dam to stop the river. Jazz with the possession. Bogdanovich trying to go bare pick. Cross court pass to Donovan. Catch and shoot three. Got it, Donovan Mitchell. Over the last four years, he's the second best catch and shoot guy in the NBA. Behind Joe Harris, 67-62. Jazz down by five. Left corner Niang. Contested three over the top and in. And the Jazz lead by 10. They trailed by 15. And now they've just put it on. This is where this team just starts to do this. It's a 13-0 run.
1: 108-94. Gordon, the Jazz have now won nine consecutive games. Nine. I have uh, many thoughts on this game, but uh, let's give uh, you first bite at the apple. Where, where do you want to start? Give me one thing that uh, that you thought was important about last night's game.
2: Well okay I got to, before I get to that let me just say that I admit that I was wrong Whoa. about something what well I was I was I was right about uh, Austin Rivers remember I said he was gonna score a bunch of points again right remember that
1: I do mm-hmm.
2: okay I was right about that but I was wrong about my theory about the jazz having to shoot well in order to win games
1: Wow okay yeah actually that's something they, Tim and I touched on in the in the post game.
2: Did you, that I was wrong no no uh,
1: no no we didn't <laughs> I didn't in the post game you know fire from the cheap seats let me tell you another thing Gordon was wrong about
2: no I was wrong <laughs> I mean they they that first half Jake I mean the jazz were shooting the ball like i mean like it was uh like they were heaving steel girders into the back of a truck i mean it was it was bad uh and I just thought man how could you shoot the ball that way? You're supposed to be a good shooting team, and they sucked. And in the second half, they hung in there, they stayed with it, and they kept fighting. And that is an element to the Jazz that I wasn't sure how whether that was a strength or not. I, I would ordinarily think that if Jazz started shooting the way they were and trailing the way they were, that they were going to be toast. And doggone if they didn't turn that thing around and head in the other direction. So... That, I, I was wrong. I was kind of wrong about that. that. That was a real strength. And it was. it's funny to talk about a poor performance for part of the game that uh, ended up being impressive with the way they bounced back. So that, that's the number one thing for me. How about for you?
1: Uh, well, let me comment on, on that real quick because okay. I'm glad that that's where you started because I, th- I think that that's super important. They found a different way to win, and when they got punched in the face, they punched right back, which is what yeah. Donovan was talking about after the the Pelican game when everybody, all they wanted to talk about was, was Shaq. He, he brought up a few things. He said there was some important stuff about this game and listed off a few, and one of them was that they faced adversity, they figured it out, and they battled back. And just like that Pelican game, this game, they ended up blowing them out. And it's pretty amazing they ended up you know, winning going away in, in that circumstance because they, they couldn't throw it in the ocean in the first half, and there was a lot of things that weren't, uh, weren't going their way. But in the second half, this is, this is the big one for me, Gordon. They won a game defensively. And not that the Knicks are the Lakers, all right? Right. I got, I got it. But they did. The Knicks did a lot of things that caused the Jazz problems in New York, and in this particular game, the difference between the first half and the second half was getting stops. Yep. And so, uh, you know, Quinn Snyder talked about it uh, after the game, and it was really interesting. He said the difference in the game in the first half was Austin Rivers. And he told his guys, all right, guys, let's make an adjustment on Austin Rivers and everything else, you know, is going fine. And what did they do in the second half, Gordon? They, they went out there and they took your guy, Austin Rivers, right out of the game. He was 0 for 4 in the second half and scored zero points. And then Royce O'Neal stepped it up on Julius Randle. And that's a recipe, uh, you know, for a 35-point half, which is what the Knicks had.
2: Yes, it was. And, and look at the individual performances. You mentioned Royce there, who was good at both ends of the floor. And then Rudy Gobert.
1: He was awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: He and, and, and Mike Conley studied the ship down the stretch. And, yeah, those were individual efforts by players. When your when you're two best scorers shoot a combined five of 25, is that what it was from the floor? Normally that would mean you're toast. And the Jazz – did exactly what you said. They got stops and they hit shots. And and that that really was the tale of the game. And, and, uh, you know, I've always talked to you about how impressive it is when I see a player who does not have it going on during a game and then when the game is on the line at the end, finds a way to gather himself and play well. Well, the Jazz did that as a team last night. They did that as a team, and obviously there were individuals involved who were key in making that happen, but there were more than just one. There was a handful of them, and, that yeah, that's impressive. So the Jazz come out, and they play crappy, and we end up probably more impressed than we were before the game started. Yeah,
1: yeah. They figured out a way to deal with it, and they went and won a game that in a different way. I mean, that game looked totally differently than the Golden State game did, for example. Yeah. And they found a way to do it. And, and Donovan didn't have a good night three of, uh, of 15, nine points, but he also took a shot to the head from Austin Rivers which uh, is put him into the concussion protocol and he's not going to be available for the Dallas game tonight, which uh, we'll get to uh, throughout the show obviously and that's that's not good and they said he wasn't feeling symptoms until this morning but yeah. he he had a rough game last night, but he found uh, other ways to uh, impact eight rebounds, three assists. And uh, was really Tim pointed this out to me as we were watching the game? We brought it up in the post game show when Donovan was out uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and the Jazz were making their run to put the game away. Yeah, there was Donovan standing up in the corner, pointing yep, out which so. way to go, and being uh, you know his enthusiastic self. And it's like, okay, he he's he buys into the team stuff he talks about.
2: Well, as interesting as it was to hear what Shaq said about you know the whole lack of uh, uh, double figures and things other than points scored, though well, that's a great example of what we saw last night. Uh, not just what he was doing on the court, but what he was doing over on the sideline and helping his team win. Uh, Kenny Smith did mention leadership, and that was that's the definition of leadership, what we saw last night. Wasn't having it, wasn't feeling it, and was still engaged in what was going on. That's good stuff. And, Jake, if you tell me right now, the, the games that, that the Jazz where Donovan Mitchell will shoot, like you said, 3 of 15, and Boyan Bogdanovich will shoot 2 of 10. yeah, I, I'm telling you, I would guess that the Jazz wouldn't win a game when those two things are, are the way they were.
1: Well, I think that's the idea behind this team. You know, you get enough shooters on the floor, guys can have some off nights, and, and you're still – you know, going to be in the game. I think that's kind of a, a, a theory about this jazz team, especially the depth that they've uh, they've built now. But the one, and and to bring the, the conversation back to Rudy for a second, the one that has to be the constant is Rudy. And, you know, the numbers are still pretty stark uh, difference between Rudy being on the floor and Rudy being off the floor. He is that important. He's got to be consistently good every night. And that doesn't necessarily mean scoring 20 points, although last night him going for 18 was pretty darn useful. Uh, 18
2: but and 19, and how many blocks? Four?
1: Four blocks, 19 rebounds, as you mentioned. I mean... Just He had a terrific night, even throwing a couple of assists as he continues to pass better. But he's the one who the pressure's on to be really consistently good every night. Donovan, too, don't get me wrong, but Rudy, there's really no replacement for how much he impacts the game.
2: Well, Rudy, plus 27. Mike Conley, plus 27. Remember the old days when they used to say the two most important positions on the court were point guard and center? Well, those guys came through last night. And I saw someone tweeted out a stat that said that Rudy and Mike Conley are the two highest plus-minus guys in the entire league. Yeah, that's correct. And Mike, by the way, by like a long way. I mean, two guys on the same team? I know plus-minus might be kind of a bogus stat at times, like all stats are, really. But it does indicate something very, very... uh, positive happening for this team right now. And those two were certainly front and center uh, last night. Uh, That game last night was the kind of game that Rudy Gobert has preached of, uh, preached about ever since he became a starter. Remember how he talks about playing defense all the time? Of course, he also mentioned, give me the ball. <laughs> but not so much this year. But everything came together for him last night. Rebounds, like I said, playing the defense and, and, and just hurting the Knicks time and time again at the offensive end. So, yeah, the Jazz uh, proved my theory uh, of having to shoot the ball well. Pretty much flush that one down the old crapper.
1: <laughs> Real quick on the plus on the plus minus uh, before we get too far away from it. Um, and I don't mean to be a wet blanket on it because that actually is truly remarkable how they've, they've done that uh, so far this year. But they've been killing teams lately. So, I mean, there's that too, right? That they've been building up these monster leads, particularly with the starters on the floor.
2: Well, you can't hold that against them, though. No,
1: I'm not. But, you know, other teams haven't been having those kind of margins at the same rate if you get my drift.
2: Yeah, but how did those margins get created?
1: Mm, there's some opponent stuff in there, but, yeah, I got you.
2: <laughs> no, oh, come on.
1: I, I, I'm not trying to be a wet blanket. I'm really not. But the plus the plus minus stat is a tad bit flawed in that way.
0: All right.
3: Okay. God, I thought Gordon was the Lakers fan on this show.
2: Oh, Jake, you're such a downer all the time. <laughs> not trying Dude. to be a downer. Here, Austin and I are trying to lift the show up. Let Jazz fans feel good about themselves. And what do you throw in with that? Well, They were you know, only that, that, plus that,
3: 27, Gordon.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. plus 27, yeah. But who are they playing? And they've been building these big leads. Well, how did they build the big leads? Because these guys are playing
3: great.
1: What was Conley at half? He was only like plus two at half. Yeah. I've, I'd have to what go back and, and look it up. He was plus 25 <laughs> in the second half. i
3: give it up. Retire. <laughs> Retire.
1: He is playing the best basketball of his career. I'll look
3: at you, backpedal. Mike
1: Conley.
2: Yeah, and you heard what he said last night. Essentially, that he just feels comfortable now, and uh, feels as though he fits in, and knows when to be aggressive, when to back off, when to let other people be aggressive. It's a comfort thing, you know. Jake, you should know this. You're built for comfort, not for speed. You know how when you get in that zone of comfort, you feel like you can you can accomplish. uh, You know, the, the sky's the limit.
1: I am a I am a comfort guy. It's the reason I still miss my Buick Lesabre <laughs> to this day. Oh, I love well, that car.
2: Is that what they used to say about John Madden? That he he he. That's why he took the Madden Cruiser everywhere. He wanted to be comfort was more important to him than than other things that were are uh, that are really no, important. No, he was to
1: a, he was afraid of flying. He was crippling yeah. afraid. Yeah,
2: I, I know, I know. But that was part of the comfort quotient.
1: I think it was more the fear. Uh-huh. Private planes are pretty
3: comfortable, I hear. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I know. Private plane, talking bus. about I'm not talking about literal comfort. I'm talking about the what makes a person comfortable.
1: I think he, didn't that, he work for Fox for a long time? He could. I mean, Rupert could have mustered up a private jet for John. I think
2: he didn't want it. He wanted
1: to feel comfortable. No, he was deathly afraid. Yes, that's a part of being uncomfortable.
2: Oh, it's I not see. just, uh, well, my feet are in the wrong position. No, it's, he wanted to feel the, in his comfort zone. His comfort zone was on, in the Madden Cruiser, not in a in a private jet.
3: He wanted emotional comfort, not necessarily yes, physical comfort.
2: Indeed, Both. No, not both. Bus versus plane. Private bus,
3: private plane. They're not both. But yeah, it, but that, it
2: which, does... that, that which is emotional can be physical. It can have physical effects. But I, but I feel like right, you're segment. being
1: intentionally deceiving when you say, John Madden rode on the bus because he wanted to be comfortable. I mean, that feels like something. That, it's a very
3: PC way to put it.
1: Yeah, it's a very, like, not, not PC, but a very, like, misleading way to put it. <laughs> Because anybody out, anybody out there would envision what we did, like you know, a comfortable chair and uh, that no. sort of thing. Not, no, because not...
2: most people, no, most people are more multidimensional than that. They can see.
1: No, they can. Uh, we com- want to be, be more comfortable. F-
2: co- no, comfortable <laughs> comfort is far more than just that, which is physical. Come on,
3: guys. Yeah, you're you're right. But the first thing you think of when someone uses the word comfortable. I'll bet eight out of 10 people it's think that. a physical comfort, not a emotional comfort. Yeah, but, comfort.
2: Well, yeah, but it could, you know, my point is it can be both. And you guys jump to the wrong conclusion. Because so when any, we're in the warehouse any, Friday, get, human, we'll jump okay. to the wrong conclusion. Okay, no, no. L- let, me, let me give you an example, okay? And this is kind of a private thing, and I usually will only go so far, and then I stop, and I won't get into private things that happen to me. But I'll go ahead and tell you this. Night before last... I had a dream, and it was a really weird dream. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of Freud, somebody, somebody interpret this for me, all right? So I'm water skiing on a big body of water. I mean, it was a huge body of water. It could have been the ocean for all I know, but I was water skiing. And my wife is driving the boat, and I'm out there cutting turns all over the place, feeling real good. And all of a sudden, she stops the boat, and I drop down into the water. And I say, well, what's going on? What's going on? And she pointed up, and right above her was a 747 that was like maybe 100 feet off the water. And then the, the 747 landed in the water, pointed nose down, and sunk down in the water while I was floating next to it in the water. Now, that's weird, right? That's a weird dream. You want to try and interpret that for me? Was
3: John Madden on the plane? Yeah, I'm just trying to no, figure out. Not- so this is just story time. Yeah.
2: No, no, no. This is this is the, my point. My point is that I was completely physically comfortable laying in my very comfortable bed. But emotionally, I was disrupted by what I dreamed.
3: But the dream is not reality. No, I, I don't think. I that know, but it, would see, it was it was real
2: to me. I was dream. I woke up and I was kind of like, "Whoa, what was that?" So I was uncomfortable, wait, even though I was physically very comfortable.
1: Let me let me let me give you an, an, an uh, <laughs> analogy that I might think more accurately uh, paint the picture here. Wait, 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 a, how a, can it be a more a accurate group, than that? that uh, uh, I was I was completely of, comfortable. A group of friends uh, drive to go skydiving. One of them peels off and sits down in, on the couch in the hangar. The rest of them go up into the plane. The clerk looks uh, 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 at the the guy sitting on the couch and asks his buddy, like, "Hey, how come that guy didn't go up skydiving? Oh, he just wants to be a little more comfortable."
3: Uh, that's a very much. Uh, it's, it's accurate. I mean, you're, comfortable you're not, can be in that definition. Right.
1: You're, you know, the real reason is he's petri- petrified to death of skydiving,
3: but or he's you know. uncomfortable skydiving. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, oh, he's supposed to work. be more comfortable. No, no, what uh, uh, doesn't Austin, describe he, anything? No,
2: Austin just hit the, the, the hit it right on the button there.
3: I was mocking you. What,
2: reg, regard, no, oh, you're mocking me. <laughs> I, you know, I'm doing this show with a couple of guys who just don't think deep enough.
3: I'm uncomfortable with that.
1: Uh, living in SLC just tweeted in, I immediately thought physical comfort as well. Because, of course, you did because you're Well, a human. there's
3: emotional
2: discomfort too. But that's not What's what he... somebody
1: would naturally think when you say, "Yo, he just wanted to be comfortable." Nobody's thinking about him emotionally. They're thinking about him well, with like I'm... a like a, a
3: you a know, leather recliner with like a scotch. I dodged <laughs> the draft cuz I wanted to be more comfortable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Have you guys gotten any closer to being happy about the Super Bowl?
3: No. Uh-uh. You oh. just can't you
2: can't you can't get there,
1: huh? Uh, no. No, I want
3: both teams to lose.
2: <laughs> Austin, I bet you're coming around a little.
3: I'm not actually, not yet. I will, I will a day before or the day of. But right now, I really, I it's like ninth on my list of cares.
2: It's the biggest game of the year. Right now, it's
1: just you know the best part wh- uh, about Super Bowl Sunday for me is it's going to be an excuse to use my fryer.
0: Uh, I'm just, I'm like, get out a a the minute. fryer uh, and the I... peanut
1: oil and uh, and fry me up something nice and then watch some Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. It's going to be great.
2: Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. These are the two best teams in all of football. And if the two best teams in all of football are going to ma- meet up in the biggest game of the year, you've got to feel a little something for that.
1: Not really. Why? Is that in the Constitution? And are no, they no. the two no. best teams in football? <laughs>
2: Yes, they are. They've proved it on the field.
1: Yeah, you know, who did Tampa lose to this year? They lost to
2: a That doesn't matter. It's not just the games you win and lose. It's when you win. Wait, you just got done telling me that they proved it on the field. I'm
1: talking about the playoffs.
2: In the playoffs.
1: Oh, please. A lot of crappy teams have fluked their way into the Super Bowl. Oh,
2: man, Jake. (laughs) <laughs> Look, I don't mind you being a contrarian uh, when you when you really feel something, but th- this you you know they've proved it on the field. You saw it. You watched the games. Yeah, and I thought Green Bay should have won. Why? Why did you think that?
1: Oh, we went we explain? we went into it in great depth. On, no, give me remind Monday. me. I, why should they have won? Because Green Bay lost it. They, they lost it for themselves. They, it was all self-error.
2: You didn't know that they were going to be able to score if they hadn't kicked a field goal? You don't know that.
1: I called the Magic Vegas Predicting Wizard, and he told me. <laughs> okay. Trust me, I know. Whatever. Okay. Remember the Cary Collins Giants that fluked their way into the Super Bowl? Or the Lovey Smith Bears?
2: With Rex Grossman? With
1: Rex Grossman.
2: It happens every once a, in a while, but usually it's the two best teams.
1: Peyton was like, yes, I finally get a Super finally Bowl. Finally going to win one because look at the team that's across from me. These Thank are the you, two, NFC.
2: These are the two best football teams on the planet, and you love football, and so you want to see the best teams play. Didn't Kurt you Warner want to you don't want to see with the, teams uh,
1: with the Cardinals?
2: You know what? Kurt Warner was great. No, he, he they was, lost
1: to the Steelers, didn't they? He was Kerr Warner was fine, but yeah, he was a, he was one hundred and two, and he was, he flooped the Cardinals all the way to the Super Bowl, and then yes, they not they lose to the
3: Steelers. They did. Who was the BYU defensive back that in back to back Super Bowls was on the losing end of the final play in the end zone? Oh, and he was man. oh Francisco Aaron Francisco, poor guy, the poor. Dude. I mean Rich and was in, in the league, but to be back to back seasons that's on the final play on the losing end of it, that's tough. Anyway. See,
2: I. this is where you guys have gone astray, all right? I, you would not want to change this matchup for the Super Bowl because of your quote-unquote preferences, because these two teams have earned it.
1: Oh, I so would way rather have seen the Bills than the Packers.
2: No, no, they didn't earn it. These teams did.
1: Ah, uh,
2: I don't care how would interested you are in the,
3: them. I don't care if you're a
2: huge fan. It doesn't matter if they haven't earned it. They didn't prove it. So that's why you don't mess with that. That's the beauty of sports. Uh, is
1: it the beauty of sports? I yes. don't know. I could take it or leave it. I still would have rather seen the Packers than the Bills. Man, the Bills getting back to the Super Bowl, what a story that would have been. And Aaron Rodgers, the MVP, leading that historic franchise.
2: Wait, how, is, on, that up. Up. That's how way is that better. a better story than the teams that are actually in there?
1: Um, I don't know. How's it worse?
2: Jeez. It's no better than, and you throw in the fact that these are the teams that earned it. You've got to appreciate that. I don't and really, because I still don't it.
1: like the Chiefs, and I still don't like Tom Brady. So I don't have to embrace anything. You
2: haven't, you haven't given me a good reason that your dislike. No, well, there's two things here. One is your dislike for the Chiefs. I still don't understand why you. What the deal is with that? And the second thing is why wouldn't you want them since they are the ones who were the victors to be in.
1: Because I always root against the Chiefs.
2: And this stems from what?
1: I don't know. Always have.
2: (laughs) Good answer.
1: (laughs) You always seem to fail to grasp this, that people root for teams for all sorts of dumb reasons.
2: Yeah, but there's rooting and then there's appreciating.
1: And these are the teams that that you you must
2: appreciate them for what they've accomplished. Because the
1: humans use the word rooting and robots use the word appreciation. No. That's the difference. Nobody no, it's sits not a down. Robot.
2: And, it's a matter of facing facts as they are.
1: How, what percentage of, of sports fans out there sit down and to to say, "Oh, I just appreciate the beauty of this game." It's like zero. Oh,
2: no, I, I think that they're in their heart of hearts, people they, tune they,
1: in to to watch the soap opera and to root and to have heroes and villains and teams they well, like and teams all, they don't. That, every, that's everybody, what everybody, everybody does
2: everybody's going to watch the Super Bowl anyway, regardless of your dislike for the Chiefs and Tom Brady. You know, they're going to watch. Why? Because they want to see that they want to be a part of the biggest game of the year. It doesn't matter whether they're rooting for one team or another, and it doesn't matter whether their favorite team is in the Super Bowl. They're going to look forward to watching it either way. That's why I'm confused by your your, your reticence in, in – in, Appreciating it
1: because the Super Bowl is a different animal. Because the Super Bowl has somehow become this cultural event where people who absolutely hate football somehow uh, will sit down once a year to watch a game. It's really an admirable thing that the NFL has done from a branding standpoint, if you really think about it.
2: But I would think from a sports expert such as yourself. That you would have an appreciation for the teams that have done what was necessary in order to be there, and you wouldn't want to rearrange that because then you would be rearranging fate, and you don't want to mess with that. Well, at these that point, the teams, I would control these are the my teams own who are there. <laughs> Which is,
1: I'd put two other teams in.
2: <laughs> Jake, what? I, I, I just, you know, I'm trying to look at this from an analytical standpoint. And uh, th- these are the teams that have uh, have earned their invite. And so now I want to see which of them is the better of the two. I don't care about the Bills anymore. I don't care about the Packers anymore uh, because they lost. That's the whole point. And I think people, you don't have to be rooting for a team, or you don't have to be passionate about a team, I'll put it that way, in order to enjoy the Super Bowl. Because if it's a great game, then you're going to love it, no matter if the teams involved are not your favorites.
3: You're saying the same thing. Jake said the Packers lost. You're saying the Packers lost. The Buccaneers didn't win. The Packers lost. Right.
2: Well, I mean, both are true.
3: Cue Russell
1: Westbrook. And and, uh, after... after the first half of appreciating the football, you you get up, you go to the garage, you get some of the lubricating oil, and you you lubricate up your rusty joints, and then uh, you get a, a recharge on the computer, and uh, and go back and watch the second half. What do robots eat? I don't know. I was trying to think not like to what a do robots just, snack not, on at halftime? There's,
2: there's nothing robotic about it. It's uh, being pragmatic and being the a
0: love scene. of the
3: game, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> who is the better competitor?
2: What am, I, what am I doing to show with two guys who have, who have no appreciation for the game?
1: Uh, well, I I appreciate cheering against the Chiefs.
2: Well, then okay, then you'll watch to, to hope that they lose and that Tom Brady is wins his uh, seventh Super Bowl.
1: But then the thought of Tom Brady on the podium after the game kind of makes me sick to my stomach. So I'm really conflicted. Thus, I, I don't I really don't want to watch it.
2: What about Tom Brady's contributions to charitable causes and whatnot? You Happy know? I for mean, him.
1: It, That's awesome.
2: Well, You can't appreciate what the good things the man does and not to mention how great he is on the field.
1: Well, I mean, I can appreciate his charitable contributions and cheer against him. How is that a thing?
2: Oh, okay. I'm just trying to find some entryway for you to, uh, to be, you know, to care a little.
3: You can't can't buy your way into heaven, Gordon. I I can appreciate. He's
2: he's, he's, He's been involved in organ donation causes and doing all kinds of good things for people.
3: Yeah, he also cheated the game and smashed his cell phone.
1: And probably has some sort of boots made out of, like, baby seal or something like that. Seems like something
2: he would do. So now he's a baby seal slaughter. Something like that, yeah.
3: How many homeless people could he house by selling, you know, half of his watches?
2: Jake, uh, Austin has a real problem with success. Read your Bible.
3: Uh, successful Rich people. Prince. It's in the he's going to
2: hold, hold it against the man that he is at the top of his game and has made a really nice living. Easier
3: for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. <laughs>
2: <Jeez>. <laughs> well... Austin needs to move to a society, a communistic uh, society somewhere. where A all communistic
3: society. All, all things are shared equally. <laughs> I like the
1: robot uh, voice. That's pretty funny.
3: Thank you very much. Nothing
2: to do with being a robot. Everything to do with uh, just appreciating the game. Appreciating Appreciate the, the game. That, that have, uh, have, have earned it on the field.
1: All right, we'll get to more Big Show coming up. Stay tuned. Don't forget Lock at 330, (laughs) 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.